what gifts from your past turned out to be superpowers today? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment today, we have Santino Jimenez, who I grew up with in Las Cruces, New Mexico. He's an actor, an improviser, and a producer, and currently living in LA. And we hadn't caught up until recently for about 10 years. You know, it's one of these things where you always see people on and off when you go home for the holidays or at reunions or at friends groups or, you know, on Facebook. And moving to Los Angeles and getting to be with him in real time and not only reignite our friendship, but really um, have that piece of home when I moved to Los Angeles has been nurturing, inspiring, and just a really solid piece of my past. I hope you enjoy the episode today and remember that something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. gifts from your past turned out to be superpowers today. So oftentimes when I'm working with clients, when we're looking at what is working or what is not working in our lives currently, sometimes we'll have to do a little bit of digging in the past to see where we developed a certain habit or a limiting belief. Oftentimes we will ask clients to look for where a pattern started or what was a belief that might've been started with a mother or father or sibling. The main difference between coaching and therapy is that we don't stay there. We just simply look for a second and come back to a future-based conversation. But recently with my friend Santino Jimenez, we spent a lot of time looking in our past because we grew up together. I realized a beautiful place for you to look is what are the gifts that you're still carrying with you that actually support you today? It's not always something that needs to be reevaluated or changed. So for me, one of the things that I notice about my past is that I have a deep sense of community and connection to home, even though I'm not there that often. And I look for creating that in different places in the world because of the way I grew up. Spending time with people, taking the time to check in and see how people are doing, remembering their names, remembering their families, remembering the things that are important to them and inquiring about those things are one of the ways that I still feel connected to people and I get to share my life with them. Another gift from my past has been growing up in a small city or really a small town has allowed me to be able to have curiosity about the world outside of what I knew. So that was a real gift as when I was growing up, it sometimes felt like a a cage or that I couldn't get out and see the world. And now I'm so grateful that I had that time to really be curious and develop a sense of wonder about what was possible outside of where I grew up. So the call to action for you is to sit down and take about 20 minutes to think about some of the gifts that you remember from home or from growing up and how they are serving you currently. How can you continue to utilize these and honor them as strengths instead of something that just happened haphazardly?
Welcome. Welcome to the show, Santino. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> well, Looking forward to disappointing uh, you uh, after that great introduction that uh, taking me by surprise. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, thank you for asking me to do yeah, this. It's my honor to have you here. Well, let's share a little bit about um, who you are and how we know each other. So anything you want to start off with? Five foot six. I'm still hoping to grow. Um, I have a limited vertical height, as you can tell, but five foot six. Uh, I am not proficient in Spanish, much the chagrin of other brown people. Mine too, right? Around me. Same, same. Shame. <laughs> shame for days with all the other brown people in the shame world. Shame for days. How dare you not speak your native Exactly. Tongue? What is wrong with exactly. you? Yes. But I speak eloquently. <laughs> um, <laughs> as crisp as my voice is coming through whatever device you're listening to. Um, I don't know. I'm a dude. I'm an, I'm an actor here in Los Angeles. I've been here for quite some time now, um, about 50, 60 years. Mm. I'm still trying to, trying to do it. I think I've been here now like 13, 13 years. I was going to say, when did you uh, move? Do you remember when you moved to Los Angeles? Whatever 13 years ago. <laughs> uh, I have the date in New York sealed in my mind. I'm like, I moved to New York in 2007, so I never have to do math. <laughs> it was. I know that it was right after, it was February, it was February 12th. That I moved. I just don't remember the year now. What's the significance of the uh, date? Anything or no? I just said screw it. I'm gonna just mm-hmm. do it. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and I didn't give her a choice, which I felt terrible about later. And I, I apologized to her since because I wasn't taking her feelings or anything into consideration. I just thought like if I didn't act on it, I was never going to move. So I just did it. And it just so happened to be February 12th. <laughs> right before Valentine's uh, Day. Oh, no. Right before Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. Um, but you followed your instinct. Again, That's amazing. Yeah, you jumped. You know, yeah, you have to jump, right? And if, if you don't, there's no there's no timing in when you jump or not. It's just the fact that you do do it, right? So, like, I just did it. And... Uh, yeah, like I was very apologetic afterwards. Like you know, like I just I I didn't it, you know it didn't dawn on me because I, I was just whatever. So uh, so yeah, so I moved out here. I was in New Mexico before that, and then before that, uh, I think I was in New Mexico for like a little over two years, and then before that, I was in Chicago. I moved there out of college, like straight away, uh, and I was there for like two years, three years. Something like that. Yeah. I don't remember what your, your original <laughs> question was. Who are Who you? Who are you and how do we know each other? Uh, I love Chipotle <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I will pay extra for the block. Comedian. Comedian and actor all around. This is okay. this is why I wanted to have you because people get a real flavor of who you are. Guac flavor. <laughs> I hope this is one flavor of guac. I didn't realize there was multiple guac flavors. Like, uh, do you have a Hi, do you have a, an orange avocado? I mean, in California, <laughs> anything is possible, right? <laughs> this is true, I guess. You're right. I guess I need to go to Hollywood more. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, on Sunset in particular, I'm learning. Um, no, well, we grew up together, and I want people to know that, like, literally your house was, I mean, well, we have to talk in miles, I suppose, because we lived in the country, what most people would call the country. But um, you were a neighbor down the road. Yeah, down the road. Drive. Um, what's interesting about that is, like, even my brother, 
um, who you know, my brother's a pianist. Uh, when he, like, you know, I guess went to college or whatever, he didn't realize that other people didn't live in close proximity to their relatives. Like, so, like, you know, even though we're down the street, like, you but you were, you know, like, fields were around. Right. <laughs> so, it was, like, interesting. Yeah. And, like, near me, yeah, there was fields, but there was, like, immediate yes. family. So, it was, like, in the middle of the night, my mom would just say, like, I want some sugar. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night with no lights outside. Uh, go to your grandma's house. Yeah. And so my brother, he had told us, he's like, I, I didn't realize that that was not a normal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That you weren't sent out in the middle of the night, you know, to the randomness of the dark to uh, to go get just, to, you know, a little bit of sugar <laughs> to make sure randomly at 10 o'clock at night. But uh, yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed growing up. I don't know if you did in that area. Just because, like, there was a sense of freedom, I think, Oh, my right? goodness, yes. Like, you weren't limited to, like, even though, like, for me, I mean, obviously where you lived, it was just, like, your house, and there was, like, a house across mm-hmm. the street. But for me, like, it was all family, so I couldn't do any right. wrong. Right, You know, and there was a sense of freedom to, like, explore, and, uh, you know, there was fields and stuff around there. So there, was, there wasn't, like, a, you know, like, city... It, it was in the city, like you, like you know, you. I don't know if you guys would say, but like, hey, we got to go into town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like, what we would say. Know. All right, everybody, load up, get your snacks. <laughs> to town, it's a twenty-minute drive. Get ready. <laughs> you know, going into town. Make sure you have your beverages ready to go. Yeah. And don't be asking for anything. But uh, yeah, and then, uh, well, I think what well, you knew my cousin. I think in middle school and then high school, we were in choir together. And then, uh, yeah, our lives have come back around. Yeah. Well, and thanks for saying what you said about the freedom piece, because I remember, well, for everyone listening, we grew up in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is, um, you know, a small town south near El Paso, Texas. But even even smaller, we grew up in a place called La Mesa, New Mexico, <laughs> or you're well, San Miguel, I grew up- right? No, I'm San, oh, San Pablo. Pablo. Okay. All these little, well, these little towns. San Pablo actually named after my... San Pablo was actually named after my great grandfather, mm-hmm. Pablo Ortega, who like with my other cousin, he's doing some more ancestry and we're discovering that uh, there was a bit of uh, tumultuous affairs <laughs> happened because he owned a significant amount of land in that mm. area. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, but you're right. Like all these little, you know, spot like go over the river. Now you're going through his stomach <laughs> farms. All these Which was only like a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. I remember like being a kid because my, my dad's family is from La Mesa, right? So growing up, it always felt longer than what it was for me anyways. Because I'd be like, what? I've got to go to the river. Now we're exactly. crossing. Are we home yet? We're so close. <laughs> That's yeah. how it felt for me going into town. And when I first moved to New York, um, I remember thinking, well, first of all, I, I didn't know how I was going to survive by not having freedom and space and having like neighbors that literally would look at you across the window. <laughs> windows was like, oh, that was kind of terrifying for the first couple of years. But also the thing that I missed the most was the stars. I could never see any stars anywhere. And, you know, where we're from, seeing stars and sunsets was was magic for me. So that's something I really, really missed about how we grew up. Yeah, but I appreciate the smog here. <laughs> In LA. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, because it's like, where am I really? Mm-hmm. I, literally. Well, 
Every the world is being covered. The atmosphere is being covered. And what's this ocean? This marine layer? I don't know. No, but it is nice to just look up and then see stars, or you know, like stuff you take for granted. Like even like, um, you know, the Oregon Mountains are in our hometown, right? So looking at those to actually see a mountain range, you know, you know, and then it's not immediately you're not in the mountains, but like you see it in the distance, and you know, it's your point about sunsets like this picturesque sunset with the mountains you know whether it's sunrise or sunset and then you know that would soon become the night which all the stars would come out and then uh, if you were stupid enough you'd walk into a cactus <laughs> that'd be great that's what would happen you have to be picking out a cactus. Yeah. i love that well and you mentioned high school now i don't know about you but high school was pretty transformative for me uh, because i think you know gosh God bless Diane Schutz, right? Um, I think about her a lot. Mm-hmm. She she was our our high school music teacher. I don't think if it was for her, I would have had such a wide view of the world, not only through music and all the music that we did, but I think that's really where I started dreaming about visiting all the places we would sing about. And I, I think that's the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the first time I got really curious about really wanting to leave and grow and and I didn't really leave out of high school. I mean, I did my undergrad in New Mexico still. That was a deal I made with my dad to uh, stay and yeah. stay. <laughs> well, because, you know, Latin fathers, number one, he's always like, I want to keep you closer. But number two, um, we had the New Mexico lottery scholarship at the time. So as long as you right. stayed in and stay, you could go to school for free if you had a, a 3.5 or above. And, um, you know, grade point average. So I remember staying through that. But the whole time that I was in my undergrad, I couldn't wait to go explore the world. And I mean, what about you? Did you have a similar experience in music and how we were brought up in, in high school? No. <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I can't relate at all. Uh, not at all. Not one bit. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. You actually have the New Mexico lottery for a while. I lost it right away. the first year. Uh, it was, and it was like as if though my parents were like, uh, I don't know where they were getting like just stacks of cash. They'd hand me to like go pay for your college. I also only took the ACT once. Didn't bother with the SAT. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was. I had. I knew I was going to go to college. I just didn't know. And I just I was like, this is stupid. I have to take a test. Whatever. Um, I would actually say that my transformation happened more when I was like in the fourth grade. Um, like I was actually a very shy kid growing up and, uh, I wouldn't, um, talk about a lot of things. I would hold everything in. I would suppress everything. Right. And to the point where they thought I had an ulcer. Oh my goodness. Um, and so I had to go get, a an endoscopy, you know, stick a camera down my throat. And they saw that my, I, uh, I had a hernia or whatever, something wasn't right because of stress and stuff. So from that point, I kind of, you know, my parents was, you know, we had to sit down conversation about like, you have to talk, you have to say what's going on. It doesn't do you any good to do anything. So, um, I started doing that. And so by the time high school came around, I was way more outgoing, outspoken. And then college, I really didn't give a shit. Like I would just say, say, mm, it, right. Mm-hmm. Even though like my tact is questionable now, <laughs> it was even more so out of control that I've, I've I have a better idea now, a better balance of how to wrangle it. So like 
high school music was like, I was, I didn't even choose choir, to be honest with you. I was put in choir. Like when I looked at my, um, my, you know, my class for, uh, you know, going as a freshman, choir was on there because me and some of those, you know, the guys there in middle school, after we got kicked out of band because we were all in different electives and there was like five of us and we went to the choir, um, Schutz put us in, in choir based off of that. Like I, I didn't register. Ah. In fact, I was quite surprised. I was like, how the hell did I get in this class? And I was like, oh, but it's two classes. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I was like, you know, then I, you know, played football. So then that was a class. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to have all my electives that are going to be easy. But then, you know, having the opportunity to go, you know, the Kennedy Center and, uh, you know, perform on these various trips and then, you know, win various awards, you know, it, it definitely broadened horizons that a lot of people aren't privileged to have, right? Because a lot of people aren't willing to try anything new or to do anything like that. So then, you know, then when college came, I had I declared a major at all until I took a theater class. And then Tom Smith, a professor, he goes, uh, are you ready to come to the dark side? And so I was like, sure. Because I was uh, actually uh, going to be majoring in journalism and mass communication. And then um, I came home, told my parents to change my major. They're like, well, we thought you would. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, that's... Um, that was like the trajectory of like kind of where I started going, but everything was, you know, these little opportunities because, um, you know, it was in choir. I was a jock in high school. Right. So I had, the, I had two different worlds. Right. But you were always like, it was always putting your, you know, doing the best you could in everything you did. In fact, they wanted me to play baseball. They actually came and they, they were like, I heard you, the coach is so, he was like, I heard you're a good catcher. And I, I, I don't want to not commit fully to something. So, yeah, that was a tangent, tangent and a half. No, <laughs> no, it's beautiful to hear the differences in us because I, you know, we, we went our separate ways. And I think while you were living in LA for 13 plus years, I was in New York for 14 and recently, I just moved back to Los Angeles. Well, moved to Los Angeles for the first time uh, about eight months ago, and we've been able to reconnect. And this is what I love is that we, it feels, in a way, it feels like um, there's a, a big old gap that we know nothing about, but also just watching you in your circles has been really beautiful to see the humans we've become, like I said. And I'd love to know what what about that journey, either in high school or college, influenced how you've approached the the profession here in Los Angeles. Again, making, you know, use that word earlier, jump, right? Jumping into theater, stuff I've always enjoyed doing, but never fully committed to it because I started thinking about, of like, um, how is this possibly going to work? And so when I decided to do theater, you know, I, I, I did everything. I, you know, you know, dear sweet Jim Billings uh, who's the lighting and scenic designer who's actually retiring soon it's unfortunate uh, but um, lighting learned lighting from him uh, I worked at the scene shop building scenery like I can do I can read blueprints I can I can draw you know like a schematic I can weld I can you know do a bunch of different things so 
by just focusing on I need to be a sponge and absorb as much as I can and put myself around as much of that stuff as possible. I think I have an idea how to do that because, you know, before, right? I mean, that's basically what I got from college and then going into the world. It's like, all right, I can't compete. That's why I moved to Chicago because I was like, well, there's a lot of improv. I like improv and I want to see if I can hang in a bigger city because, you know, obviously being from our college town, you know, like, and then going out into the world and seeing if you could hang and, and you know, be amongst amongst the crews <laughs> of that, yeah. uh, you know, and that was okay. Then when I came back, I got, you know, behind the scenes of doing movies, which even more expanded on other stuff, stuff like, like logistics. And um, I was always, I've always been pretty organized, but like even more organizational skills, like how to read people, you know, the patterns of people. Sometimes like I was on a set with like 200 people. 150 people and some of them were asking me questions like specifics can we do this can we do that and i'm the answer at that moment or like how to de-escalate certain situations or to how to even escalate a situation to work it in your favor um and start putting that all into effect so now like i think that only benefited me right where I can actually observe that and be like, oh, okay, this is what I, this is what I think I'm getting. Yeah. And what a journey from where you started in fourth grade from not being able to express yourself at all to uh, not only being with people, but being able to lead them in different ways. That's really what I, what I hear you speaking to. Well, another thing too, is this, like I found myself in 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 the situations where people would often ask me for my advice or my opinion. And it's, it's hard anyways. Cause like, who are you anyways to give advice to anyone, right? Because it's like, well, if they take your advice and it fails, then it's like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, I shouldn't have listened to you. So then I decided that I wanted to be better at that. So I just started reading, started reading various books. I would look mm. stuff up and be like, okay, this speaks to this. All right, well, let me see okay let me see if this like works with my aesthetic oh this makes sense here all right you know and then start piecing all that together because then by that time then you you all your belief system that you previously had goes out the window and now you've created a new belief system right and so then you know you're only better and this you know like when i had these other various jobs right having to work with other people in a in a logistical you know position where I'm telling people what to do and then again reading the you know the vibe as the young kids say <laughs> of everyone. Um it's like I, I knew how to mirror that back or I knew how to to basically identify and then you know assess, move on, you know, or you know, I'm gonna say manipulate, but use that use the situation to what I really wanted anyways. And then them say it for me, even though they don't want. Mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's so interesting because yeah. I I feel like you and I are very similar in terms of we, and I wonder if that's from our environment. I got to think that's back again from New Mexico. Like, well, yeah, lack of lack of options, no I mean, standards. <laughs> like, hey, who? I don't know, I don't know, but there's something about who's around, exactly. who's around. 
Safety. We'll do. We'll Safety do generating anything we can from nothing. It's like creating gold out of dirt. Exactly. It's, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But, oh, well, you got the harder questions. I got, should I, what kind of Kalichis, <laughs> what should I get from Kalichis? Well, it's interesting because I think that we both, we have those intuitive instincts with people very easily. You know, like I can be with somebody and I can pick up on a lot of things that aren't being said. And recently in my journey as a leader and, and a human and even like, you know, a partner with Aaron, a lot of what we've been talking about has been, can I, can I actually just be with somebody and not assume what they're thinking anymore? And that has been, man, you know, that has been hard for me to let go of because it's not that I always assumed before, although maybe I did. Maybe I just always made assumptions about what, yeah, I should just own that. I, I probably assumed a lot of what was going on. And what I realized is it cuts me out of connection and intimacy. So even though even though it might get us to where we both want to go quicker or, it, it, you know, I can kind of lead somebody to a conversation that I think they might be interested in, which could be fruitful, right? But in at the yeah. end, what I'm learning is that it's um it it's just keeps us out of intimacy and connection. And then it keeps the element of surprise. Like I'm never there's no room to be surprised by people anymore, you know, from that lens. Well I, I don't know. I, I'm often not surprised by a lot of things yeah. anymore. I'm more like, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> like this just happened. Yeah. All right. Like what now? Now so like what accepting. What happens next? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like kind of like all right, you know, like oh my god, you know, the the world's falling apart, the pandemic. Yeah, all right. What's what what are, what's the alternative? What do we have right now? Like you know, we're still able to go to the grocery store. We're still able. I'm breathing air. Um, you know, I think you know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to go with that, but just like okay, what next? You know, and the thing with assumption that I've learned is that. You're talking about like how you you know you lose connection with assuming, right? Plus, also like, man, who the hell am I to assume anything? Because I like that's all ego talking, right? Who am I to think I have control over anything other than like what I'm saying or you know what I choose to do in an hourly basis, right, or minute by minute basis, right? So like, I I that's why like I I said earlier like my tact is questionable sometimes because I just go like. Hey, why are you being dumb right now? <laughs> or like, well, what is that? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're gonna eat, you're gonna do the thing or not? Like, why don't you want to do the thing? I'm not gonna be like, oh, they're probably having like some thoughts. Of I'm just like, what? Like, what's stopping? Mm, yeah, you're just gonna <laughs> ask. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because then you know, for me, it's been um, like better questions that yield better answers, and better answers only lead to better conversation. And better conversations lead to more growth and perspective from either side, right? Because then if you just Im- immediately assume, then you're limiting any sort of understanding. Not that I have to understand anything. Then there's nothing that comes from it. Then it's like, I might as well just go eat a donut by myself <laughs> instead of eating a donut by with a friend oh my God. to be like, yeah, well, I think I know everything. So uh, I'm just going to sit here and stare at you, you know? Oh, Tito, it's brilliant. I might as well just yeah. Go- just go get a natural fritter by myself and then just be like, yeah, you passing by? I know where you're going through. Like, like who, you know, who's anybody to say that, yeah. you know? And it's just, and this, I think it's just the idea of people not wanting to upset anybody. But, like, like you have to upset some people 
in order to get some sort of results, right? You know, I don't know. I was going to think of some stupid analogy. Like someone cuts themselves, right? Like, you know, like, oh, man, all I have is this T-shirt. Some dude kept cutting themselves a lot, you know, like, you know, accidentally, like your accident. Pro- Stop cutting it. No, you know, what? I need a bandage. You know, we don't we don't keep using like a like a mm-hmm. shirt to, you know, like any sort. Oh, man, I accidentally cut myself. Like, here's a shirt. No, it's like here's a variety of products <laughs> that someone got tired of. They got upset about using their shirt. Right. That man or woman's wife or whoever does laundry was like, I'm tired of getting the blood out. <laughs> Stop hanging around like accident prone people. Right. Right. But it's like, it's always that, right? Someone gets upset to the point where like, you know what? I want to do something different. Mm. But why is it acceptable then? But like, you know, we're, we're afraid to accept, uh, upset people like in a civil mm-hmm. manner with having a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I've done my share of upsetting people. <laughs> I think we both have. We both have. I definitely have some stories. Well, the thing that, yeah, who has yeah. it, right? Well, I love that because it it also just speaks to what you're saying is like when something in coaching, we we call this bankrupting something, right? Like when the pain is enough or you've actually, you're fed up with something enough, things will start to change. Well, that's, that's it, right? You know, I'm tired of my place looking like, you know, like I need to clean this up. Yeah, you're, you're fed up. It's okay to be upset. You know, I... Ah! And important, you know, like wars have started that way. There's a lot of things that have started because of someone just like I'm just I'm fed up, <laughs> and there's been change, you know, good or bad. It's just change, right? Uh, that's another thing. You know, the people like quantify things of like good or bad or like positive or negative or trying to like you know I've had friends that are like I'm I don't I'm just trying to be a good person, and I, I literally have said to my I'm like what the fuck does that mean? Like, all you are is just you. Stop trying to be something. Just be you. If you don't like something, say, hey, I don't like that. Mm, yeah. Or if you like something, then praise that. You know, and I'm terrible to, to receive praise from. Like, I'm getting better on it. But, like, still give it, you know, and, like, just be, yeah. you know. Well, I love this. I, I'd love to transition more into, even though you don't like to give advice, you know, this is all great advice for people that are thinking about starting in – in the acting industry or in comedy or in improv, like you have a lot of experience. And the other thing I want to highlight about what you said earlier that I really love is you have expanded your wealth of knowledge. And as an artist, that was instrumental to me to not be able to just do one thing well, right? I actually had, I did a lot of things well, which is probably why um, I've had, this is my third career, you know, or third business, I want to say as an entrepreneur, Right. Like I I would say that I'm more of an entrepreneur than anything in the world because I've of all the skills I've accumulated over the years. You know, what what advice would you give to people that are just starting out right now, especially through the pandemic and the Ukraine war and, you know, the world changing the last (laughs) two years? Well, I think, you know, you're your own limitation and everything. Right. And I get stuck in it, too. Right. The, The ebbs and flows or the ups and downs or like, you know. Anybody can create any sort of content now, right? I mean, you have a guy in a skateboard drinking cranberry juice who like got cranberry, you know, uh, whatever, come ocean spray. Now he owns a house or whatever or whatever. Like you can create anything you want, right? And I think it's just a matter of like not being limited to anything and getting out of your own way. But but taking everything, like I don't want to say take everything on. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to say like be well-rounded in a lot of things. 
now since the pandemic there's a lot of you know self-taping right so a lot of actors have to you know record themselves and then they have to you know submit that or upload it to whatever various site well there's some people that are like i shouldn't have to do this because i like i'm just an actor and i don't know about you know i shouldn't have to know about lights and and the camera i'm like but why not like why wouldn't you want to know about that like the most beneficial thing that's helped me was like being on movie sets, like, you know, working in the locations department because that department works with every department on set. And I'm there for filming. I'm seeing explosions. I'm seeing, you know, helicopters with cameras flying overhead. Like I've been fortunate for that. I've been seeing stunts. But all of it, I could be like, oh, it doesn't matter because I'm whatever. But it all kind of relates, you know. So going back to what you said about like, the, you know, knowledge and like I actually just, you know, sought it out suck it out seeked it out i went after it um because why be limited with only just a little bit of stuff that i think i do know right so i would say for anyone just get out of your own way just go for it um take a class be present in a moment don't first like don't put yourself so far down the line that you're already talking yourself out of something, mm, mm-hmm. right? And then being in a class, you, there's all more like-minded people around you. It's a community. You know, it's yeah. not like you're the only one. Like if you're a butcher and you're the only one talking about acting, right? you know, you're chopping <laughs> that meat or whatever. Yeah, you know, Stanislavski's method. Yeah, I read about it last <laughs> night or Meisner technique. They're like, hey, hey, bro, I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> chop some chicken exactly. for the display case, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, that basically is in a nutshell of like, to, and just take a breath, like just enjoy something, you know. Like anybody, like I've told some people before, like they're thinking about moving to LA. I'm like, take a week, have enough money for like a week where you don't have to worry about a job because you'll, you know, and go to the ocean, go see everything you need to see because you're never gonna go. <laughs> it's so true. In eight months, I think I've been twice. <laughs> yeah. We go from one like <laughs> inside of a building to another inside of a building <laughs> to try to work out what we want yeah. to do something mundane. Like I just go fishing. I don't tell anybody. I just get in my car and go. Right? And you know, the luxury of not, you know, being with anybody or like having a family, I just go. But I just enjoy it. I just I have no idea. I don't know what the hell fish eat, you know? Like, like, who's to say? I mean, it's like there's this body of water, and I gotta, I gotta find the one fish that's like dumb enough to be like, is that a worm? And then, like, then you're like, I think he bit it. I don't know if he bit it. Do I have to like? Do I have to hold a rot? There's a whole thing, you know. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I think that's that's some advice. I guess. I don't know. One thing I have learned, and someone has said this once, and it really resonated with me. It's like it's um. It's a, this is a long game, right? And there's other people that can find whatever you're, whatever you value success as. You know, you can be like, well, they got it. Well, they have it, right? But it's it's typically a long game, right? And um, some like you know, like some of my relatives, like they don't give me a hard time, but they'll ask me like, Tino, you're getting older. You you know, you don't have any kids. I'm like, yeah, you had a kid earlier, and you didn't know anything. Look at your kid. If I get to stay older and I'm learning more, that means I can potentially become more wiser. Then I'm gonna have a better kid than your kid ever was. They're like, oh, we hate oh you. I'm like, well, I'm just saying. <clears throat> That's so typical of our so our region I'm, too. I'm so- when are you having children? When are you having children? 
thank you so much for sharing all your advice and all your thoughts with everyone. <laughs> my my no, ramblings. They're good. they're good. They're laced in leadership. That's really what I love. And that's what this show's about, you know, disrupting the world through thought and, and wisdom and leadership. So thank you. And the last question I have for you before we, we say goodbye is if you had a megaphone for the world, Oh, what would you say to lead them <laughs> through the rest of this year? If I had a megaphone. For the world. Yeah. I had your voice out there. For the rest of the yeah, year? Yeah, for the rest of the year. How would you lead them forward? Maybe just yell out, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so good. My father used to say that right? all the time. And then, like, yep. mm-hmm. and then, you know, like there's so many things that just don't matter that we make matter. So that's why I think it's like the the subtext of that is like, it's going to be okay, right? Like there's going to be another business that'll come along. Maybe you should start it, (laughs) but it's going to be okay. The voice of God in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Voice of God's ass. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) That's all I want to ask God though. You know, like, you know, people sometimes ask those questions like, like what do you what do you want to ask God when you die? Like, you know, if you mm-hmm. believe in God mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, I want to know what happened to all my the socks <laughs> that I threw in the dryer. Where do they go every time? Like where do they go? And they're just, they're just like look to your left. And I look to my left, and they're just a pile of socks. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, those are the them. Early gates. Oh my goodness. Well. Oh, I adore you. Thank you so much, my friend, for being here. You are a wise soul. Thanks for asking I'm very excited for the world to hear all your offerings. And you are a rock star. Thank you for being here. I guess I got to take up guitar to be a rock star. (laughs) That's the next one. Thank you. Appreciate you.